If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question. When I use the idea of the tuning fork, that metaphor is to keep your focus on your tune. Because when you're humming, this is how you know that intuitively you are moving in the direction you want to be moving. And that's the crucial component there. All right, I want to take a moment before we get into today's episode to make an announcement. I want to let you know that I'm taking applications right now for the Create Purpose Mastermind an intimate mastermind group for aspiring seven-figure creative female business owners who are looking to build their dream team. So if that's you, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Here's what it's going to look like if you decide to spend a year with me and this intimate mastermind. You know, when I was putting this together, I really was thinking about what are the outcomes that I want you to get as a result of spending a year in this group. Number one is I want you to discover your unique greatness because when you surround yourself with people who see you for who you are and are able to draw you back to your own greatness, so much can change. Number two, I want to help you master your inner game because everything in business starts with self-awareness of why things are the way they are. Because as soon as you become aware of that, you get to decide and make a choice to change it for the better. Number three, I want to see you lead with confidence. You know, because I fundamentally believe you already have everything you need. You don't need another guru to show you the way. And I want to see you build your dream team. And that's what we're ultimately going to be doing in this group is building a business around a team of people that no longer centers around you, the leader, but you now have a team where you now are able to free yourself up to be the true CEO and create a visionary of your business, ultimately to grow your business, make your business easier to manage, more profitable, and a lot more fun. So if you're an inspiring seven-figure creative female business owner who's wanting to build your dream team and grow your business, then please don't wait. There's only 12 seats available, so don't hesitate in getting your application in. What if this were to be your breakthrough year? And what if this mastermind is exactly what you need to really grow your business and bring your unique potential to life? To learn more, go to createpurpose.net forward slash mastermind. Let's get back into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Create Purpose podcast, where we have real conversations about the journey to creating more of what you want in your life and your business. I'm your host, Zach Arend, where at 16 years old, riding saddle broncs in the rodeo, I learned the value of trusting the process and putting in the work, eventually becoming two-time state champion. And today, I help other creative entrepreneurs and leaders on their wild rides of turning their passion into a purpose-driven business. This podcast is all about inspiring you to bring your potential to life and to create your purpose. And today, in this episode, I'm joined with a dear friend and fellow coach, Coach Jeff Cernicki. In fact, Jeff has been my coach for the past five years. And in this episode, we get into a little bit of my journey in working with him through the years, but We couldn't help ourselves but to dive into the world of coaching and the impact it can have on leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I hope you enjoy this one as much as we did. We had a lot of fun recording it. It's more of a conversation than it is an interview, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. So let's get into it. All right. Well, I'm here with a personal friend, fellow coach, Jeff Cernicki. In fact, it was Jeff who started me down this path of becoming a coach in the first place. So I think we'll get into some of that today. And the thing about Jeff is he's all about serving others, beginning with his time in the army, and then goes forward into a 31-year career as an executive leader at UPS, and now as a leadership and life coach, where he works with a lot of leaders, a lot of people in a lot of different places in their lives to, well, Jeff, why don't you share? What would you say the impact is you have or the impact you desire to seek as a coach for your clients? 
or you and I are always having conversations about our niche. And for me, in the early years of my coaching career, it was kind of like follow the bouncing ball. But really where I've settled is I've settled for those who are entering into management or entering into a business experience of their own, whether that be entrepreneurial of the startup realm or whatever. And that really allows me to then help them focus on where they are at the table, whether it's in a corporate setting or where they want to place their table. If we're talking about an entrepreneurial approach of someone who's starting up their own vision, their own discovery, their own desire for what they'd like to do with their lives. Yeah, that's great. And gosh, we've been working together for, I think, four years, four, maybe going on five years now. It, it serves me right, my memory, which I would say it's going to be like five years come this coming February or March. Yeah, that's right. We have been working together for a while now. I'm holding up a big black book if you're listening. This book is filled with notes from our coaching sessions. I was thumbing through it before we got on our episode here on the show. The defining moment or the moment that really stands out to me in our history of working together, we were at one of the higher level floors at WeWork, a co-working space here in Kansas City. And you asked me a coaching question, something along the lines of like, well, what do you want to do, Zach? What do you want? I just remember saying, I want to be a thought leader. I want to be a coach. I want to be a speaker and a trainer and an author. And it just all came out. And you're writing it all on the board. And I'm like, I can't believe I just said all that. Like I, All those things scared the living daylights out of me. And that was a moment though, where I started to get some clarity. It scared me to death, but it's like that for me, it was like, I was kind of a tipping point where none of that happened immediately and it's still evolving, but that was the beginning of me, like really looking deeper inside, like, what do I really desire to do? Cause I was in a career 10 years as a leader and I spent my career just trying to prove myself, climb the ladder, do all the things. And for the first time I answered the question, what do I want? And that's the first time it really started getting out on paper or on the board. And so I don't know. Do you remember that day? I remember it clearly. If you recall, I think I used the term cue the calliope music. The circus is back in town. (laughs) Because as I recall, you just kept dancing. You know, this may have been more like our fourth or fifth session, but you were already kind of like dancing around like the one step up, two step back, a little bit of tango there. And I, I just recall just finally turning around to you from that board and saying, well, just what the hell is it that you want? At that moment, I think that was the prompt that you needed was for someone to just say, okay, aside from all the rest of this, what do you want? And you're right. If you recall, that was a huge whiteboard and we filled it all up. So as we focus on the client experience and the client agenda, it usually comes to pass that there has to be that startling moment. Mm. has to be that moment where you're almost shaken. And it's kind of like, well, this is what I want to do. And from that point forward, as a coach, you have like, I love to use the phrase, release the hounds, because now the doors are open. And there's a multitude of paths that we can discover together and go down. And I must give my own compliment to you. And I've said this to you before, but you were quite the apt pupil. I mean, you came in ready. You were so eager to learn more about yourself. And I share that because those who are listening is that moment when you realize I'm ready to shift. I'm ready to change. It's amazing the impetus that that gives you just to move, just to accept, just to change, just to shift. It's something new. I'm ready for it. I've been living this for as long as I care to live it for whatever reason, because you and I both know that needs to be touched upon to be acknowledged, but then it needs to be moved on from because I really don't care who you were trying to prove something to back then. Just acknowledge that that's what you were doing. And now let's move forward. How would you like to do that, Zach? And it was a great experience for both. It really was. Yeah, it was that question that how would I like to do that? It was like an invitation. It was like permission for me. Only I could give myself that permission, but your questions got me to a point where it's like this, the way in which I've been pursuing leadership and my profession, it's not working for me any longer. 
and it's not serving me and, and it's not who I desire to be. But then the breakthrough was, well, then what the hell do you want? And that was well said. And that brings me to a question. I know you're going to put this really well. I've heard you describe the role of a coach before, and I love how you describe the role of a coach as opposed to, well, a therapist or a consultant, an expert. What does it mean to be a coach? Simply, I can't change you. And more importantly, I don't want to change you. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to help you in the discovery of how you can create change for yourself. And that is when we speak about the Core Values Act, and that being one of mine, service, that's what I speak to when I tell people about serving themselves and service, is being able to present something to someone that allows them to all of a sudden see a brighter picture of their life. It's broader, it's brighter, it has a depth, it has some contrast. All of a sudden, maybe it's a deeper shade of this color or a lighter shade of that. But the fact is, all I'm doing is offering you the opportunity to move, to look at the path that you're on and decide that this is the one, though, I'd rather be on. And then we work together because I've shared this with you before. And my background in UPS is helping to create a plan. I love the plan. It's kind of like, how will you do this? Well, let's work on this together. All right. And then it just becomes to where I slowly start to let you take the lead. And then from this distance, I'm stepping back from the screen for those who can't see. From that distance now, it's just you being able to look back and say, I think this might be better. Really? How? Mm -hmm. How will it be better? What can it offer to you? And then that enters a whole new discussion, a new realm, and a new path. And to me, that's coaching in the sense that, and God bless all of those who are therapists, psychiatrists, that help those people in those elements of their life, because I'm not practiced at that, trained in any way, shape, or form. My job is to simply help you find the optimal path. Yeah. How will we do that? How can we do that together? That's my job. Well, I was reading my notes. One of our first engagements together, you shared a principle with me, and it was something along the lines of, you have to serve yourself first so that you can serve others. And the question you asked me again and again and again, how is that serving you? And then my answer was, well, it's not. <laughs> There's always this awkward pause, like, crap, it's not at all. Yeah. That was the most foreign principle, the idea of serving myself. Up until that point, I was studying leadership books and every leadership book I read was all about being that selfless leader, that service to others. And all of that is true. But I think I was viewing it through a different lens. And so I was doing everything at the expense of myself. Life was one big sacrifice. Leadership was just one big sacrifice after the other. And I put myself last. And so let's talk about this for a little bit, because in my own coaching relationships, this is a powerful shift for people. And they, they give themselves permission to be selfish in a healthy way, because they know that by being selfish, they now are going to have more to give others. And that's the ultimate way I think of being selfless is you have to serve yourself first so that you have something to give. I want to hear from you, though. Like, What's your experience been with clients and maybe even your own journey? that shift in leadership from sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice to starting to serve yourself, your values and all those things? Well, if I may, I would simply go back to my career at UPS. I always took the approach of being the leader who was there to ensure that nothing got in your way, okay? That if there was going to be a buffer between you and something bad, that was my job. That was what I was there to do. And for you and I being so aware of the seven core energy levels. I resonated in a very level four caregiving, compassionate role. At least that was my focus. But then when it didn't return, and here's the most important caveat, when it didn't return, okay, then I found myself asking, how can it be that I give and I care and I'm compassionate and I serve everyone around me. And yet, 
who serves Jeff? And Zach, that's when I realized, I know who serves Jeff. I do. I serve Jeff. It is important for me to not allow myself to become that extroverted in the sense that I am spending so much time giving unto others and calling that leadership. If all I do is circle back to walking around with my head down and wondering why I don't feel good. So that was really the prompt right there for me is I began to realize that maybe first you should address the things that you find don't conform with the way you desire or who you desire to be. What are those behaviors? What are those habits? What is it that within you that is allowing you to continue to embrace and then always end up standing back here again with my head down, wondering why I feel this way? What the hell? So that's really where it started. And once I really begin to take that focus, Zach, of what is that intuitive voice inside of me saying here, that I really begin to learn about leadership and how to become a leader that people just don't run around and sing your praises all the day, but there is a respect. There is an understanding that you are here to allow for my growth, okay? And I can acknowledge that and have that acknowledgement returned by focusing first on who it is I am, who it is I desire to be. And once I get that resonance within me that tells me I am the opportunist, I am the visionary, I am the creator, then I am better to go out and serve you to help you in your journey of discovery. Well said, because it's this fundamental shift that I've experienced working with you through the years. And I'm hearing you say you had a similar experience. It's like the shift from leading from the outside in, meaning leadership in a way of meeting everybody's expectations, living up to the standards, being the standard bearer. And it's very extrinsic. It's these outside forces trying to define who you are supposed to be, who we should be as leaders. And the difference though, is the shift is you started to lead from the inside out where it's no longer trying to prove yourself. It's about expressing yourself. It's about expressing your values, your intentions, your desires, your passion, your purpose. And that expression, it changes everything. And what's different about that? Am I describing that? I think you are. And you just said something there that I think is vital. It's so very important in this, the whole discovery of who I am. And more importantly, or just as important, where I want to go. And that's your values. And you and I have had these discussions. You recall almost immediately, I put you into a values assessment. And we spent a lot of time initially in our relationship speaking specifically to your values and the discovery of your core values, and then how those can become your compass. I am a big believer in the fact that your core values, they are really the lens which we use to evaluate the world and make our decisions. At least that's they should be. And once we're able to do that, then that's where it all really begins to click. Because as you know, I've got this thing about compasses. And so those values become that compass. Every time that I find myself in a situation of left or right, this or that, whatever it might be, that's where I just pull out that compass because that compass is my values. And it will always point me true north, always. When I stay true to my values, I will go in the direction that serves me. And here we are back again by serving myself. I am now able to understand my truth, who I really am, where I'm going. And now I'm better able to help and guide others in any way, shape, or form that may be. Yeah, let's maybe go deeper into that. I Maybe get into some examples because there's so much, especially in the world of entrepreneurship and business, there's a lot of talk about goals, vision, direction, goals. And goals are one thing, but values are really what defines how you're going to get there because there's many ways to get to a goal. There just is. There's no right way, wrong way other than your way, which is your way is the fullest expression of who you are, your values. That's just kind of how I'm learning to couch it, if you will. What's your core values, Jeff? I think you have three, right? I do. And it's the aforementioned service, which in specific to me, my definition, my interpretation of that is service to others. I have discovered through this journey in life that the most 
all absorbing and revealing way to live is just to be mindful, mindful of yourself, mindful of your self resonance, Mm -hmm. the energy that you are presenting in a moment, but also to be very mindful of that energy that's going on around you and others so you can better react and respond. This is a great life lesson when we go to speak to mindfulness is that ability to be mindful of who you are, but also all of those that are within your circle and whether that's family, friends, or somebody you just met at a ball game, it doesn't matter. It's just to me a very important process. And so that's one of my values. And then personal growth, because I took a great big, huge break in my life of schooling and college, and then UPS happened and you worked there for a while back. You understand that it's a very chaotic, hectic, and consuming life. So when I finally made that shift late in my career to get back into school, to start cracking open some more books, to start reading more in depth about things that I was learning about as it comes to, say, emotional intelligence and such, because all of these were kind of like new things, like, huh, what is this? I, I want to know more. But that personal development to me means that I am constantly aware that there is more to learn, that I don't carry a sign around with me that says, I know it all, all right? It's that I have more to learn. And so those are my three, service, mindfulness, and personal growth. I love those. Mine's growth, curiosity, and faith. The interpretation is everything because these are just words. And Early on, I did this exercise. I shared them with my wife. And when I said faith, she's like, oh, yeah, well, we don't ever go to church. And it was like interesting. So these interpretations is simply for me just believing something good's around the corner. I'm here for a purpose that I can either live in faith or live out of fear. So faith, like I know that when I'm living in faith, I feel alive and things seem to come towards me. It works for me. And growth, again, My whole life story is one of putting myself at the bottom of another mountain and kind of falling in love with that climb. Not that there's any destination. It's actually falling in love with the process of growth. And then curiosity as a coach, I'm learning that it's hard to be defensive if you're curious. It's hard to be fearful if you're curious. If you're curious, you are open and ready to receive whatever opportunities might be coming your way. And so something that I keep coming back to my, wow, that just serves me in every area of my life. I'm sharing this, not to talk about myself, but to share some examples, these core values, they really are, like you said, your compass, because if you're living growth, service, mindfulness, if you're exercising that, which who you are, those values, expressing those, and you've always said this to me, it's kind of like, well, how could you not win? Where's this story going to end up? And there's just something inside of me when you ask that question, I'm like, I don't know, but it's somewhere pretty exciting because it'll be one hell of a journey. I get to come out and play and be who I am through exercising those core values. So anyway, I'm passionate about this stuff because it's changed things for me and, and I've seen it change things for others. I just want to add to how perfectly you just shared that right there is that it is a choice left unto yourself. So that compass that I alluded to, it's just you sitting there saying, yep, that's my values. And Yes, this is the direction I should go, but I'm going to go that way. That's you. As my mom used to say, Zach, nobody put a gun to your head, Jeffrey. You're the one who's making the choice to go away from what is your truth. Yeah. From what serves those four values. So maybe just hearing it in a distance, it sounds almost too simple. Well, that's because it is. The work to find those values is not easy because there's a lot of introspection that goes on there. There's a lot of self-evaluation that goes on there, but finding them and then allowing them to help be that compass, that guide, it's actually so cool to watch how it works for you because you are always moving in the direction you desire to go because this is what you value. This is what tells you, this is me. And then you're not being dictated to by anyone other than yourself. That's the beauty of it. It's challenging also because whose values are they? Are they yours or did they get kind of pushed on you? In fact, I was at a seminar a couple of years ago and it was doing some values work. It was a workshop and 
one of the, the audience members, he raises his hand. He wants to share his values. I don't remember what all of them were, but he said, one of them is I'm a hard worker. And this is a dentist. He's a dentist. He owns his own dentist practice. I'm a hard worker. But then he's like, but I don't know. I don't know if it's that or I kind of want to write kindness. And the facilitator, he just looks to the audience. He's like, I don't know. Would you rather have a hardworking dentist or a kind dentist? <laughs> Everybody laughed. But yeah. that value of being a hard worker. Now, I do believe that's a value. But sometimes we're brought up to be like the only way to success is to work hard, to grind, to sacrifice. My question is that really serving I know it was one of mine, but it wasn't serving me. I'm like, wait a minute, this is just making the journey of living hell. Like, I don't look forward to going to work. Like, does it have to be this uphill battle every day? And the answer is no. I learned that that value is kind of a ghost value because I thought that's what I should aspire towards. Well, of course you did. And you thought that's what you should because all of our life experiences dictate who we're going to become. So by the time you're five, you're already starting to assimilate a lot of the values that mom and dad have presented to you. And as you grow older, you will start to take on values that are shared by your siblings, your relatives, you get into school, your friends, your teachers, your coaches in a big way. I'm saying that with some emphasis because I speak to that. And I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that as well. Those teachers, those coaches that really impacted you in your life, you start to say, I'm going to take hold of their values make the mind. And then you just continue to grow through that process. We don't know any different. It started off with you accepting mom and dad's because they're mom and dad, right? I mean, what other values are you going to assume at that age? By the time we finally get into our 30s, though, late 20s, 30s, somewhere in that neighborhood, all of a sudden we're like, what's a value? Because we're not really sure what we value anymore. Because we have accumulated a wheelbarrow full of them and we're pushing them around like here are all my values it's exhausting exactly and it becomes now actually a conundrum to have so many values and really not to be able to define it to yourself or anyone else why the hell you have them so that exercise that you and i went through if you recall i think you even and this is not abnormal and anyway this is actually normal had to go back and revisit it takes that time, that dedication to really discover. You shared the story of I'm a hard worker. I would have posed what trade is it? What value is it? Let's go deeper. That defines a hard worker. Maybe you'd come up with dedication. Thing is, is now what we're really doing is we're getting specific as to what hard work means to you. And then you're able to come up with that value that defines hard work. And now maybe it makes a little more sense to you. But more often than not, when we're first doing that value discovery, what we're finding out is, is no, that's just something that I acquired on my life's journey to this point that said, boy, howdy, this better be a value you have if you ever want to go anywhere in this life, right? Oh, yeah. Because that's what we do. And when we finally sit down to really take a good hard look at them, we realize that, hey, you want this doesn't mean squat to me. Honestly, I, not that there's anything wrong with hard work, folks. I don't want to even imply that. But the thing is, is that's not really the value that makes up your truth of who you are. The work is less hard when you're in alignment with your values. And a good litmus test, you know, if the value you're trying on feels heavy <laughs> or kind of exhausting to carry, then well, you've talked to me about this idea of resonance and dissonance. And it became real for me. So last night, it was my wife's birthday. And we went out to eat at Corvino Supper Club, which is in WeWork. So this is where we were meeting almost every week. And this was several years ago, I don't know, four years ago. And I went to walk down the hall, it was just by myself. And I just noticed how light I felt, how energized I felt and just free. Because rewind four years ago, I was way up here in my head. I felt like I was carrying around a bag of rocks on my back and just this fog. And that was dissonance and resonance. You know, I was wrestling with so much way back when, and it was just kind of cool to reflect on. I sat back down with my wife and I was telling her a little bit about, wow, it's kind of crazy to think the journey. And it's been a journey of finding and then fully expressing those values to where most of how I spend my time, my values are front and center. And 
I find energy from it. It's light. I hesitate using this word because I don't want to sound cheesy, but it's almost effortless. It just flows. That wasn't the case back then years ago. And what I've learned is you've introduced me to this concept of the tuning fork and resonance and dissonance. And one is very draining and tiring. The other one's energizing. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Why don't you define it? Because you do a really good job of highlighting the difference. My whole intent of the presentation of the tuning fork is that the secret of life is being in tune. And it's the being in tune with yourself, with your inner self, with your intuitive self, because that is really the voice that speaks to you that understands what it is that you desire. And opposite to that, And, you know, as a kid, I always used to wonder, who came up with the little angel that sits on this shoulder? And who came up with the little devil that sits, you know, in all the cartoons and stuff like this? And now that I'm a coach, I'm like, oh, Eureka. Because then there's the ego. And as I have shared with you, and as we both know, the ego is not your enemy. But the ego is an overprotective little turd, for lack of better words, that wants to spend its time basically keeping you out of harm's way, which also means that it controls. So in that control, then here comes your dissonance. So when we talk, when I use the idea of the tuning fork, that metaphor is to keep your focus on your tune. Because when you're humming, all right, when you strike that fork and it's the perfect hmm, right? Then again, this is how you know that intuitively you are moving in the direction you want to be moving. You are resonating with the energy that you want to be resonating with, and thus you are also then impacting everyone around you in the same exact way. And that's the crucial component there, because that's really when we think about it as human beings is, how am I impacting everyone else, right? Because what is the biggest purveyor of many of our fears or our doubts? It's them. It's what everyone else is thinking. And what everyone else might be saying. So, you know, that hum is what helps us stay in line with who it is that we truly are. And when you can't strike that chord, when you can't get that resonance, there's your red flag. There's your red flag that allows you to arrive at that moment of emotional self-awareness, Zach, where you are able to recognize and acknowledge that there is an energy, there is an emotion, there is a feeling that is occurring right now, this moment, that is not resonating with me in any one way, any one good way. It is causing me to resonate in very low levels of energy. I'm the victim or or I am the fighter. I'm lethargic. I'm apathetic. I just don't give a damn. All of that. Okay, so this is your red flag. And the thing is, is what you're looking is to find that perfect tune. And that's the whole idea behind the fork, right? The tuning fork. Strike that baby every once in a while. Check. Where am I at, man? Am I in tune? You know, am I resonating with that vibe that truly serves me? Or does it sound like something where I'm plugging my ears and I'm like, oh, what is this? And why am I experiencing it? What have I accepted? How have I allowed myself to come to this point? Those are all critical questions. I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of my favorite approaches to our resonance and our energy is really being able to just stay in tune with ourselves, with our resonance. It's an important process staying on course with what you desire to have happen. Yeah. You know, a lot of business owners, there's so much occurring in and around them that they don't enjoy, don't find resonance from. And instead of taking ownership of creating the result they do desire, it's more normal to tolerate it and just kind of get through the day. And we get home and we're exhausted. You know, if you're listening and you're exhausted, you're feeling overwhelmed all the time. It's a good sign that there's some dissonance. There's some things that are occurring that aren't serving you. I think that's back to the point earlier. And it's your responsibility to uncover what those are and slow down to speed up, it's sometimes we got to slow down and really reflect on what's working for me right now and what's not working for me and start to lean into the not working stuff and shift it over to the working column. And that's that's hard. I recorded a, another episode. I'm not sure when it'll air, but 
this idea that our greatest opportunity is oftentimes found in what we're avoiding. So true. Yeah. And so whether it's a people issue in the business, something, you know, financially, something that it's a tough thing. It's hard. Like for us to turn around and face that thing, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. And so we avoid it. And therefore there's dissonance and we're exhausted because we're not staying true to what that whisper is telling us that's calling us towards the saying, you need to go over there and do that thing. You know, this podcast for one, I've been thinking about launching a podcast for two years and there's probably a little bit of dissonance because every month that goes by that I didn't do this thing, it always would pop up. And it was uncomfortable getting this thing out there and hiring somebody to help me spending money. But I'm like, there's resonance being found like, okay, I'm doing it. And I don't know if that's the best example, but... Well, here's the thing in the whole aspect of your resonant energy. And you brought up the avoidance topic, which a lot of what we do as coaches is work with our clients to help them engage in what it is that they're trying to avoid. And hey, experience a little discomfort because maybe that is a quote unquote mistake. All right. But the thing I always love to say about a mistake is, well, James Joyce said that mistakes are the portals of discovery. So trying to avoid stepping into something that we don't want to step into or engaging in something that we, you know, we're just hearing these voices that say, oh, no, I, I, I can't do that. Or even worse, the resistance of I won't do that. Then I am avoiding something that quite possibly is going to allow me to discover something I need to know about myself, something I need to know about the situation that my life is in. It's all part of that journey. And so, yeah, this isn't supposed to be like us going in hands and skipping through fields of daisies. There's going to be some discomfort. And I think that is part of your life's journey. It is important to allow ourselves to fail. It's important to allow ourselves to enter into something that we are so critical of, of it, and maybe even of ourselves to some extent, because we're passing up an opportunity to learn something about ourselves. And also maybe even discovering, maybe it isn't anything that we thought it was going to be. Maybe it was the best experience that we ever had. But the bottom line is, is stop avoiding it. Enter into it. Whatever is going to happen is going to be to your benefit in some way, shape, or form, because you are going to learn something. Whether that is a great moment of newly acquired knowledge and experience, or whether that's something painful, it's still an experience, and we can learn from that and move on. Yeah. And that's to me is critical. Yeah. And I would encourage those listening, like look in the rearview mirror of your life. When were some of those moments that were the most uncomfortable, most painful? And I'm willing to bet that those were the times where something fundamental changed for the better. Those defining moments often are when we're faced with some immense struggle, challenge, crucible, painful experience, uncomfortable experience. But it's the thing. It is the thing that allows us to become more aware of who we are and it becomes our greatest opportunity. Maybe it doesn't always feel like that in the moment, but it's those moments of discomfort where growth happens. And so I, I love that, Jeff. So I want to wrap with a couple just quick fire questions. I've never done these tests, but I'm going to try them out on you. But I want you just to finish the sentence. So the first one is stress comes from. Stress comes from. Stress comes from a lack of belief in one's ability and in oneself and one's makeup. When we stress out on things, the first thing that's happening, most likely in many cases, is that we, you spoke to faith earlier, we lack the faith in ourselves to be able to address whatever the situation may be correctly. And again, not only to the satisfaction of ourselves, but what will everyone else think? Hmm. All these eyes are on me. So then we allow ourselves to just build this doubt and fear 
And instead of focusing on how great we can be in the moment, we focus on how weak we can be in the moment. And to me, that is the cause of stress. Yes, well said. All right. The biggest opportunity for everyone listening right now is? The biggest opportunity for everyone listening right now, in Jeff Zernicke's opinion, thank you for asking, is being able to understand that being aware of our emotions and our feelings, that resonance you and I have been talking about now, is one thing, and it's important. It is an important step to be able to develop that awareness, okay? And to be aware that there's something I'm feeling here, there's something I'm thinking here, here's what it is, I'm, I'm acknowledging it. But unless you are ready and willing to learn how to manage that emotion, learn how to develop that self-control, become adaptable, to take a positive vibe, a positive outlook to it, that self-management is the most crucial step in your whole journey. Because it's real easy for us to say, oh, I recognize you. I know what you are. I know what's creating this feeling. And then we just keep going. Yeah. Just allow it to occur. Learning how to manage. Learning how to manage our emotions, our feelings. Learning how to resonate in the way that best serves us is the greatest step. It is a total cleansing back. I love to share this and I love to work with my clients on it and just being able to learn how to, as this happened, how will I deal with it? Well, this is what I will do, or here are the steps I will take because I recognize this. I know it for what it is. I know the impact it's had on me before. And so this is how I will manage it. And from that point, all right, the horizon is as close as you want it to be. Yeah. The journey becomes a lot easier. That was a long answer. I loved it. And you're making me think of something you taught me. And it's still something I think about often is you just said, become aware of those emotions and also the thoughts, the story that we're telling ourselves, you know, and is that serving us or not? But the key, I'm going to add this. This is you. You've told me this emotions without judgment, without judging those emotions, because What's more normal is we feel anxiety or stress or whatever the emotion is, and we label it. Mm -hmm. We label it as something's wrong with me. This is bad. This isn't good. It becomes self-discriminatory. We really, we discriminate against ourselves for the thoughts yeah. that we hold. And we perceive this as to be, you know, once again, our weakness. And those stories of this is bad, those judgment stories, cause us to see us, ourselves as somebody who needs fixed. Mm-hmm. And for us to move forward, I have to fix this. I have to get rid of the anxiety. I have to get rid of the uncomfortable feelings. I have to fix this. And so we put our life on hold, trying to fix emotions, which we're humans. So we're going to have emotions. Right. And so what you just said, I just want the listeners to catch is just be aware of them. You're not trying to really necessarily fix them. There's nothing wrong. Those emotions are there for a reason. They're information. And so that mindfulness, you've always told me, What's the emotion? Why is it there? What's causing it? And then objectively go to work on that thing. Yes. From the beginning of our relationship and working together, as with most clientele that enter into a relationship, there's going to be a lot of, I don't know. And that's understandable because you've never really put yourself in a position of truly trying to dissect, analyze, and find that answer. It's just been, I can't. And so I say, I don't know. and. Do you recall what I would always say to you when you said, I don't know? Yeah, I think you'd ask me to pretend I did know for a moment. Yes. What if you did, Jack? Just let's play a game here with each other. What if you did know? What would you do? And how would you do it? And it's all of a sudden kind of like, again, we talk kicking away those barriers to where I was saying, well, I probably would do something like that. Well, let's explore this, please. Let's explore that. It comes up a lot with business owners. They set a big goal. They know they want to go somewhere, but they don't know how. They'll say, I don't know. I don't know how. And there's a lot of judgment in that statement because they're saying, when they say, I don't know, if you're listening here and you ever felt like, I don't, I don't know, oftentimes what you're saying, I think, is I don't know the right answer here. And I think what I've learned is like, well, what if there is no right answer? What if there's your answer and you get to create it and you're the only one that can know if you flip it that way, this is great. You know, and again, it goes back to the, as you just brought up previously, the whole judgment, because 
it's interesting, especially with new clients, just being able to share, hey, look, you can say whatever you want. And I'm not going to sit there and test the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not going to happen. This is your opportunity to create your agenda. What is it? What do you think? Well, it can be anything. And the discovery for the client, as you well know, is that after maybe asking that, well, what if you did no question two or three times? For me, it just becomes, yeah, you do. You know. And then they get that smile because they realize, yeah, I do know. I just have to stop putting up the barriers for myself that will not allow me to discover or acknowledge. There you go. Acknowledge what it is that I know so I can move forward. Well, to bring it full circle back where this story began in WeWork, that was what I had a breakthrough. Like Every part of me wanted to tell you, I don't know what I want. I don't know what the hell I want. But you did ask it in such a cutting way that's like, I got to answer this guy. Like he's seeing back and down. And I had to say the thing that was on my heart and in my gut. And I had to say it and I had to say it without judgment. I had to let it go and let it go out there. And you just made me think of that moment. It's just, there is no right way, wrong way. There's only your way. It's no, yeah. there's only yours. So one more question for you. We both love reading books, so I just couldn't get off this podcast without asking you, what's a book that's inspiring you right now and why? We're both big fans, obviously, as coaches. We're both big fans of Michael Bungay-Stanier. And most of his writings, they are geared specifically to coaches. And not that that doesn't mean that, you know, well, you can't read it. That's not what I'm saying at all. But he does have one book out there, though, that I think appeals to everyone's focus on what and how. I can get moving. And the title of that book is How to Begin Doing Something That Matters. Mm. And it's a really great read. And it's really insightful. And if anyone listening is, has ever read any of Michael Bungay's Daniel's writings, he presents things in a way to where it's very like they just flow and they follow. And it's very and completely understandable. Because I guess beyond that, you know, me and habits, so I'm a big habits guy. So James Clear, uh, Charles Duhigg, Atomic Habits, The Power of Habit, so on and so forth, because it's so very interesting to be able to sit down and read a behavioral concept on, on why it is that I keep doing this. I, where did this habit come from? And why is it like my best friend? Because I don't want it to be. So those are very enlightening. And then I guess, honestly, my mentor in so many ways, if you just pick up anything written by Daniel Goleman, as it speaks to emotional intelligence, you will be better served for it. Agree. Agree. Well, I wish we had a whole nother hour to keep talking because I, I just enjoy these conversations and we'll maybe have to do it again. I would love that. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Thanks for the impact you've had in my life. And I know you've had the same impact on so many other people's and you always give the credit back to to your client. And I really appreciate that. But somebody had to stand in the gap, ask the tough questions, say, what the hell do you want? And not shy away from it, you know, and create that atmosphere of, of discomfort. Somebody had to create that and you did. And so that's what I'm thanking you for is just thank you for showing up for me and asking those tough questions. It's brought me a lot of clarity. And I hope that I and role model that for some of my clients someday. And, and so you've inspired me to do a lot of what I'm doing today. So thank you for that. And thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And I a great honor to be a part of your initial podcast here, that you are bringing a great message to any who choose to listen and something that's very relatable. And it just in response to your compliment there, it goes back to me and my compass. My job is simply to provide you direction. I'm like the weather vane. I'm like the windsock. I'm like the compass, but let's go this way. And once you determine that and commit to that, then my job is just simply to, you know, just keep you focused. That's it. Pure and simple. Because otherwise life will get in the way. Well said. And before we go, where can people find you, learn more about your coaching services and how you help people? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. I have my own business page there on, on LinkedIn, a leadership for life. And then they can also find me at www.jeffcz.com. It's a webpage. 
which is more from a business perspective of here's what I offer, here's what I think, here's what I do. I'm getting ready to fire up a blog approach. It's been about a better part in a year now in, in making just to get that to what resonates with me. And that's up and coming. But those are really the two. I reside on LinkedIn, my offerings beyond just simply coaching as far as great articles and things to prompt thought. Yes. I'll be sure we put some links in the show notes so people can easily click and find you. So Jeff, thanks. Thanks again. This was a pure joy and I look forward to the next time we talk. Thank you so much, Jack. Take care. Well, there you have it. And I just want to say thanks to Jeff again for taking his time out of his day to have a conversation with me around a lot of different topics. As you know, you've just listened to the episode. We covered a lot of ground. Always remember, take a moment to pause and just reflect on what are you taking away from this conversation? Because if you just took one thing from it, that's great. And then you go apply that in your life and in your business, that's even better. So I just have one more favor to ask of you all, and that is wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify or Apple Music, click subscribe, follow us, leave us a review. It just helps us get the word out and grow our audience. I'd really appreciate if you did that. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks again to my team, Ashley Bolden, who does all the admin, Chris Skipper, who records all these podcasts, created the music for this podcast. And if you're wanting more information on the Create Purpose podcast, you can go to www.createpurpose.net. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Zach.Arend. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you of what you got from this episode. What were you taking away from it? Yeah, hit me up on Instagram. And until next time, I'm your host, Zach Arend. And this is the Create Purpose Podcast. Bye for now. If you're a leader whose success depends on your ability to think clearly, then join the 8-Second Daily Coach, where I'll email you daily questions to amplify your leadership in 8 seconds or less. Sign up now at ZachAaron.com forward slash daily question. That's ZachAaron, Z-A-C-H-A-R-E-N-D.com forward slash daily question.